welcome everybody to our first podcast. Uh, it's a very special day with the coaches in the mouth. We've got uh, Bray Cook here, uh, Brent Bender, the mouth, and we've got a very special guest today, uh, Buck James, six-time state champion. Uh, lots of news coming out about you, Buck, here this in the last 48 hours. Uh, Buck, it's funny, uh, you know, I'm getting phone calls on Monday and and. Tuesday about about you making this move and and everybody's asking you know you know why is he doing this you know he's you know won fifty three games in a row at Bryant's won five state championships and me knowing you as well as I do and knowing if you really follow your career it makes perfect sense and it made sense to me just on the fact of uh, how you like challenges and things like that uh, talk to us first about. How fast everything happened about the decision, uh, you know, and your thought process because people don't under, understand how coaches think and uh, and how challenges have to be there. Talk to us a little bit about the decision, how everything went down. Well, it, you know, it's sort of like drinking water out of a fire hose, Jeff. It was uh, it uh, sort of happened late when Coach Pimple resigned. You know, I thought to myself that was a really good job or you know a, a great opportunity uh you know and that's that's really all i thought about it we have a really good football team coming back at bryant we had nine starters on offense and six on defense and really thought we we're gonna have a good football team and then the more i talked to the uh people in uh conway it just uh sort of made sense to me i felt like i'd done everything i can do at uh bryant and uh, you know, winning games is uh, fun, and uh, it, being a champion is a lot of fun. But uh, having challenges and, uh, uh, you know, waking up in the day and, and looking at uh, a new horizon sometimes is interesting as well. And uh, nothing against Brian. I, I love the people of Brian, the administration and kids and the parents were uh, very good to me. I, I feel blessed. But uh, this is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for our family. It's an opportunity for me to – uh, try to do it one more time, and uh, it happened uh, really faster than I wanted it to. Uh, you know, it uh, happened a lot later than I wanted it to. There's a lot of times uh, you don't want to go and take a job over, and you can only bring one assistant coach, and you're really not going to get started in that job till uh, late June, early July. And, uh, you know, the, the, the deck is stacked against us. I don't know how much one man can make a difference uh, in a, just a few months, but uh, – I feel like that Coach Simple's done a great job. They have a good staff, and I feel like it's an opportunity I couldn't pass up. And, you know, I'm going to give it my all and see what happens, and hopefully we can get this done. Well, i tell you what, Buck, and you're exactly right. Let's kind of go in kind of a back channel on just people don't understand, you know, because they just see coaches take a job or this and that. But talk to us about, you know, the importance of, you know, Jennifer, Major, you, you know, your your family in, in those decisions and how it's just not always about you, it's about them also. And, the, you know, that part of it, you know, my dad coached for 40 years and we picked up and moved in different different jobs and different spots. But go a little background so our audience can understand, you know, it's not just Buck James leaving going to Conway, it's your family and, and those decisions. Talk about how tough that is and, and – and I might try to get your personal stuff here, but you know how those conversations go. Just any time that you've taken a job, you know, 
elaborate a little bit about how that just not only affects you but affects your family? Well, it's uh, it's a big uh, uh, change for my family. That's no doubt about it. You know, I have uh, I have three sons, and you know, Mackenzie is my oldest who coaches in Hot Springs, but he came to uh, Camden Fairview when I was there in the eighth grade, and uh, he played for me through high school and uh, was able to win a state championship there at Camden Fairview. And then Ty, my middle son, uh, was with me when I came to uh, Bryant, and he was going into the ninth grade, and uh, it turned out pretty good for him uh, uh, winning a, a state championship or two while he was here. And then um, uh, my youngest son, Major, uh, is going into the ninth grade as well, and he probably likes the game, loves the game a little bit more than the other guys do. do. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's apprehensive. He's been with these guys since they've been in the first grade, and, you know, they're going to have a really good junior high football team. And Bryant plays one junior high team where uh, uh, Conway plays two. And, uh, you know, the, the deck is stacked a little bit when Bryant plays uh, junior high football games versus a lot of teams in our conference that have split squads. And, uh, you know, he's a little apprehensive about that. But, you know, that's life. Uh, you know, it's going to make him better. It's going to make him a, a tougher, a mentally tougher kid. And and then my wife, Jennifer, is um, uh, she's really in her last five to seven years of her teaching career. She was a welding uh, uh, instructor at uh, – at Bryant, and, um, uh, you know, it, she gets a different type of job, and, uh, you know, it, it, it really affects her retirement. Uh, her last five years uh, will be completely different than what her last five years would be at uh, Bryant, and, you know, that makes a difference not only just now, but, uh, you know, the rest of her life and, and, and teacher retirement. So uh, there's a lot of factors there that, uh, uh, you know, really people don't understand. You know, it's the transition it's going to make the biggest, uh, it's the biggest hurdle I have. Uh, you know, it's not just going and taking the job at uh, Conway and start coaching football. It's going to be the transition of our family trying to get a house ready to sell, uh, move to Conway, try to get into another house, and then transition to a new coaching job and new school environment for our kids and, uh, you know, a new teaching environment for her. So, there's a lot of pieces. It's not like college football where my agent negotiated all this stuff and then uh, they have my a moving van at my house and move it out and the house is sold in a day or two and I have a house bought in a day or two. It's nothing like that. And uh, trust me, the transition might kill me, but uh, nothing this hard is easy. And, uh, you know, there's things in life that uh, you have to work for. You have to you know, put in the grind and you have to uh, change uh, your surroundings to get better. And sometimes you have to take a step sideways to go forward. I think a lot of people, you know, when Nick Saban left LSU and they had just won the national championship there and went to Alabama, Alabama had tremendous potential. But what he did with it was something uh, special. And, you know, I hope and pray that maybe that's the sort of the way it turns out for us and uh, that, uh, that Conway can be a, a special place and, you know, they can uh, understand what I want to do and how I want to do it and uh, embrace the grind and it takes to be successful. Well, and, and that's you, – you nailed it, and that's a great analogy. Is, is people don't understand you're picking up those boxes. Somebody else isn't picking up the furniture for you in, in those transitions. Buck, we're going to go back a little bit, and I want to get into, you know, what makes up Buck James, you know, as a, as a football coach and as a man and, and – 
you kind of look back at your career, you've been fortunate to be around a lot of great coaches and the Lord's put you in, in certain places at certain time. Let's go back to, you know, your days at Jefferson Prep and, and your playing days there. And, you know, a lot of the guys that you played with there have gone on and been successful. Talk to me about, you know, growing up in Pine Bluff and Jefferson Prep and, and how that uh, experience and then going to UAM and playing, you know, for Carl Preston and Coach Barnes and some of those guys that, you know, how that affected your philosophy as far as being a coach. Well, that's a lot of talking for sure. But, you know, I, I went to Jefferson Prep. Um, it really, if, for people who don't remember, that was sort of Plasky Academy back in the day. And, you know, I, when I think about Pine Bluff and what Pine Bluff was, Pine Bluff was not any different uh, in the late 70s, early 80s when I was going to school uh, than what uh, Brian or Conway's like right now. It's uh, sort of a similar place. Great athletics, great uh, football, basketball, baseball. Uh, great communities to live in, uh, you know, uh, was a powerhouse in all the sports. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a great place to grow up. And, I, you know, I had good coaches there. Uh, you know, it was old school football. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot from the guys that, uh, that I went to school with and uh, the, guy, the coaches and teachers. I had teachers that made an impression on me. And I knew in eighth grade I wanted to be a football coach. And so – I went to the University of Arkansas, Monticello, and I played for uh, uh, Harold Tilly the first year. He was the coach at Pine Bluff uh, uh, for a short period of time and uh, went down to UAM. And then uh, Tommy Barnes took that job, and probably the guy that made the biggest difference in my life was offensive line coach and Carl Preston. And, you know, I, I knew then I wanted to be a coach. I knew that uh, what tough coaching was. I knew what it was like to be in a tough program. Uh, you know, we uh, it was blood and guts football back in those days. Uh, you know, there wasn't no difference in Monday and Friday. I mean, it was full speed. We hit the sled every day. Uh, you know, uh, it was uh, tough, hard-nosed football. I think uh, one year, I, uh, you know, the, as good as equipment was, I think I wore size 13 shoe, and one of them was a 14, the other one was a 12. So we weren't well-funded. Uh, we weren't uh, – we, we didn't have the best equipment in the world. Uh, but what we had is some guys who really uh, loved the game and taught us how to do the game right and respected the game and uh, really gave us a chance to uh, grow a foundation. And, uh, you know, I was able to get a job there in, in town in Monticello, and uh, I went to work for Johnny McMurray, who what might a, be probably Hall one of the – Hall of Famer. What a great coach. Yeah, Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, and he started that program when I got to um, Monticello and – I saw what tough love was. Uh, you know, I mean, the guy had a vision. Uh, he was able to put it in place. He wasn't always very popular in how he did it and, and, uh, and the way he did it, but he had a result. And, you know, we had a couple runs there when, uh, while he was there, a, a school that had never even been to the playoffs or won a playoff game. And uh, we had a couple runs where we won uh, 24 and 35 games in a three-year span and, won a state championship in 94 and, uh, you know, really sort of set the uh, table for my coaching career because I saw what a guy was able to do if he had a vision and he was willing to stick to it and willing to do it the, the hard way and do it uh, the right way. And, uh, you know, I've mirrored his uh, I've mirrored his plan pretty much uh, verbatim. You know, one thing he always told me is there's a reason why dinosaurs died is because they couldn't evolve. And, 
he always talked about Don Shula and Tom Landry and, you know, legendary coaches like that that were able to coach from decade to decade to decade and still be relevant. And I think that's what I want to be able to do too. You know, I'm actually working in my fifth decade as a, as a football coach. And uh, this is, um, uh, you know, an opportunity for me to see uh, what Johnny McMurray did, uh, what Carl Preston did, uh, and, and, and take it to Conway, Arkansas, and, and do the things it takes. Uh, you know, try to run the, the offense and the defense that, that that program needs to try to treat the coaches uh, in, in a first-class manner. The thing I've prided myself on is I've had eight assistant coaches or eight or, that have become head coaches. And, you know, you've got to have good coaches. You've got to have good players. You've got to have a good system. And you've got to be able to plan for failure. And you've got to have, be able to have a plan for success. And, those are really the things that I've, uh, you know, hung my hat on. I, I don't think I'm the smartest football coach in the world by any means. I know, I know I have a plan. I know if that plan doesn't work, I'm gonna know that I'm gonna deviate from that plan. And uh, you know, the thing that I learned uh, under all those guys is the weight room comes first, discipline comes first, and if you can c- incorporate those two things with discipline and weight room, you have a chance to be successful no doubt and you know you mentioned coach McMurray and I remember that 94 state championship uh team you know beat Magnolia what was one of the best state championship games of of all time and and you talk about consistency and that's one thing when Buck James's name comes up it's consistent consistent winner and consistent program builder all time well Buck you go on then you go to Star City as a as a head coach and had a a great run there, and 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 I know you really like Star City a lot, and in that community, and had great success. Talk to us a little bit about your time at Star City. Well, I you know I got hired by a lady that was the first uh, year superintendent, Rhonda Mulligan, and uh, you know it, I got hired in June. It was late then too, and uh, you know, um, uh, well the one thing I learned is that I, I didn't know anything. I I, I figured out uh, very quick that. Uh, what I knew and what I could do were two different things. And so I, I, I really had to cut my teeth, but she was fair to me. Our, our coaches, I had to hire a whole new staff uh, uh, almost immediately. And uh, it was uh, it was a tough takeover. We went six and four the first year. And then after that, we, in the next uh, four years, we won 10 games a year and went to the uh, third and fourth rounds of the playoffs. And uh, you know, we had we went to Thanksgiving games and things that, that never happened, and we won conference championship, probably the first outright conference championship in the school history. Uh, went to, like I said, three consecutive uh, quarterfinal games, and uh, we, you know, practiced at Thanksgiving, and you don't know how hard Thanksgiving is until you actually get there, and I learned all the, the, the trials and tribulations and was able to get a job from there to Camden Fairview, and I uh, was able to, you know, start it over again and do sort of the same thing. Uh, you know, the first year was a tough year. Uh, I think we went uh, four and six, uh, but we won three of our last four games. And uh, and then we went on to win seven conference championships in, uh, uh, in the next uh, ten years. Uh, we were able to uh, play in three different state championship games and I know what it's like to get beat in a state championship game. I, we got beat in the last minute uh in, in two of them and uh you know it was uh, a great learning experience and then we were able to win one in 2012 and uh you know uh so you know they said well you, you you go and you win one 
but you don't know how more, how important one winning one is until you found out how you how it feels to lose two of them. And so uh, I learned a lot of lessons and uh, you know things that grow me and things that made me a better coach. And uh, then when the transition happened at Bryant. Uh, uh, I was ready for it, but uh, between Camden Fairview and Brian, I went to Little Rock Christian, and you know I, I tell people all the time if I hadn't gone to Little Rock Christian, I couldn't have been the coach I was at Bryant. And you know you have to know how, how to coach all kids, and uh, it's definitely a, a difference in coaching in South Arkansas than it is in the central part of the state. Uh, you know, uh, and and those are things that you you need to learn, and uh, the things that uh, they don't teach you in school, and they don't teach you in coaching classes, they uh, yeah, those are things that you have to learn uh, with your boots on the ground and trying to do the things it takes to be successful. And my career has been built on trying, you know, step-by-step process. I wasn't given a great job uh, like Conway or Bryant uh, coming out of the out of the shoots. I was an assistant junior high coach for six years. I was assistant coach for uh, at the high school level for six years. You know, I started at small schools. I won my way out of those, each one of those schools. I took a step backwards and uh, went and been assistant coach uh, just so I could get in a certain part of the state and make myself relevant. Got the job at Bryant. You know, we went 80 and 9 while I was there and won five state championships. We had great players and great coaches. But uh, everything that I've done to get me to this level has prepared me for a job like Conway. There's no doubt. And, you know, and the part that people don't get and what really stood out to me because I've known you for so long, is, you know, a lot of times you see teams go to state championships and lose, and then, you know, two years later they're irrelevant. And, you know, what you having to battle back and do something at Camden, it's really never been done watching that. And then obviously you go to Little Rock Christian, then you go to Bryant, and, you know, they had successful, you know, when Paul was there, they were successful, but didn't have a lot of uh, success in the playoffs. And, You've gone in there at, at Bryant and finishing up there, you know, five state championships, 53 game winning streak. I mean, I think you've really separated yourself. You've done things in the biggest classification that no coach has ever done, and and I don't know if anybody else will ever do it. Well, Buck, you're headed to Conway. Let me get into this a little bit, and we talked a little bit off air about this, is, you know, getting in there late, you know, what's your approach? You know, you know. Obviously, you got to Brian a little bit earlier, and and Camden Fairview. W- what is your approach? You know, obviously, it's not like, you know, you're going in where Conway's coming off a a two and eight season. Matter of fact, y'all, uh, you know, they lost in the semifinals last year to to your Bryant team. What's your approach going into to to Conway as far as staff and getting your your approach, your scheme in? Do you have time to do that? Are you more concentrated on the weight room, you know, relationships? What is your approach going into right off the bat? Well, the first thing I want to do is build relationships. I think that's what life's all about. I think you've got to have relationships with your coaches. You've got to have relationships with your players. I think I've got to go in there and prove that I care and that I want them to be successful. I want the coaches there to be successful. They all have families. Uh, they all have homes. They all have, uh, you know, uh, things that are important to them away from football, and they live there in that community. I want them to be successful. I want them to be a part of what we're going to try to do. I'm going to try to learn what they do. I think it's impossible that I go in there and I, I uh, try to put in my offense and my defense. 
when I have, you know, nine or ten other guys in the room that already know what they're doing and 150 kids that already know what they're doing. So, you know, I'm not going to be able to go in there and just rewrite the uh, uh, the plan and do that. All I want to do is try to find a way to make it better. If it, if they're, I'm excited about learning what they know, what they can do, how they do it. And like you said, the program's not broke by any means. It's not It's not that. All I want to do is take the next step. And how that looks is uh, exactly what I think the blueprint should look like after I see everything. But first of all, I want those – you know, those kids won't care how much I want to do things until they know how much I care about them. And the coaches are going to be the same way. I was an assistant coach for, for almost 14 years. I get what it takes to be a, a assistant coach. I, I'm not a guy that just – fell out of, the, out, of the, out of the coaching basket and fell into a head coaching job. I spent 14 years as assistant coach, and I want them guys to understand. I know what it's like to sit on that side of the desk. And, you know, there's some guys, very talented men in that room, and I want them to have a chance to be successful. Are they the guys that I hired? Absolutely not. But they're the guys that can make this work, and that's what I want them to do. I want them to be successful in what we're trying to do. I want them to have input in what we're trying to do. I want them to try to be able to fix the things that they think need fixing, and I want them to work on the things that we're good at and make them better. And uh, and that's what I told them. I've only got a chance to talk to them about 10 or 15 minutes. I talked to the players about 10 or 15 minutes. My first day on the, uh, you know, to get to see them will be this next week, and you know, I'm not going to get to be there full time because I got to fi- uh, finish my obligation at uh, Bryant. But what I want to do is, uh, you know, see what, you know, to really to the month of July, see what needs to happen and what what we're doing well and what we can do better. And then I want to try to capitalize on that. I'm not, no way I can go in there and be a difference maker in uh, three or four weeks and and um, uh, be able to do everything by myself. I've got to have help. I've got to have guys that are willing to. Uh, cover my back, but I want some guys to know that I got their back and that I'm going to support them and everything they do, and uh, we're going to do this together type mentality. I think that's a great approach, and it's just interesting talking to different coaches. You know, some guys go in and revamp the whole thing, and, I, you know, I think you're going into a situation where they've been successful. You know, they've been at the top, you know, right there the last couple of years, and, and – uh, Going in with that approach is great. Well, with Keith Fimple leaving and the, uh, headed to Springdale's AD, and then now you're going to Conway, it's just made a trickle-down effect and, uh, in the 7A Central, and I want to talk about that a little bit, is, you know, I think right now, it's you know, the proof's in the pudding over the last six years, the 7A Central's obviously dominated the, you know, the that division. Well, talk to me a little bit about all the movement you know we got you know your former assistant who just went to Jonesboro's head coach has left and gone back to Bryant uh Jonesboro's hired a hired a new coach and assistant coach has been there and just the trickle down effect and it's ironic I was talking to uh cabin head coach Scott Reed who's actually been there four years right now he's the longest tenured coach in the 7a central in one spot uh, which is Amazing. Uh, you've pretty much cleared everybody out there in that, that league, including myself, a few years ago. Uh, talk to me about, about the league and all the coaching changes and how it's going to look different. Well, it's the SEC of uh, high school football. I, I honestly believe that. I mean, it's a, it's a tough league. And, 
you know, when I got in this league, North Little Rock was a, a very dominant uh, team in this area. And, you know, they've been through three coaches, I think, since uh, uh, I've been at uh, Bryant. Uh, you know, I, like you said, I was a, the longest tenure coach. Every job had changed over uh, when I was at Bryant. So, uh, it's a tough league to coach in, and uh, you know everybody wants success. And when you look at it uh, in the in the Northwest, I mean they're spending money uh, hand over fist and building facilities and doing everything they can to have great football. Now you see it happening in the central part of the state, and people are upgrading their facilities and uh, they're spending money on it. Uh, and and big time high school football, there's you can't hide the money. Uh, if you've got stuff. Kids and parents want to be where the stuff is. It's uh, it's no different than uh, building a church in your community and not having uh, uh, plan for your uh, uh, youth groups and stuff. And so uh, you've got to have a plan for your kids, and you got to have a chance for your kids to be successful. And you've got to have great academics. You got to have safety. You've got to have uh, you know the choir and the band and uh, all the quiz bowl and everything that it takes to have great school. And then you got to have great discipline in your school and you got to have consistent discipline in your school. Then you got to have great athletics. And, you know, I think the central part of the state probably fell back on that a little bit, uh, you know, after the eighties and, and sort of took some of that stuff for granted. And what it found out is people will move for, uh, for activities and, and, uh, uh, chances for their kids to be successful. And, uh, that's a proven fact. And if you don't have good stuff at your school, people aren't going to be there and, and stay very long. And uh, I think the same thing happens with the coaches. If you're not successful very very long, they're going to get somebody else in there to do the job or that guy's going to leave and go somewhere else. And uh, it is what it is. Uh, college, college football is trickling down to uh, high school football the same way that NFL football, you know, Big borrows and steals everything from high school coaches, and it, it all trickles down effect. And you see the same things happen at all levels of football. It's just that the 7A Central and the 7A uh, West is a, a very, very competitive league. It's big schools with a lot of uh, opportunities, and guys have got to be prepared and play well, or you're going to be, you know, you're either going to have success or you're not. And there's a fine line between that. And, Winning games sometimes is not enough. It's about winning championships, and it's about being the best that you can be. And you have to be able to do those things to persevere in this in this job. And uh, definitely the way social media is now, you're going to be judged every day on what your team does, not how you work, not how much you care, uh, but how your team does it. And uh, you know that's sort of a sad commentary, you know, for the for the coaching profession. But it's what you've done for me lately mentality and. Nobody will care how many games you ever won, uh, but the kids will always remember how you treated them. But you'll be judged on how many games you win and lose. And I, I see this now, you know, being out of it is, you know, the league you're in and, you know, shit, the, the pressure that are on coaches, which, you know, at the end of the day, coaches put more pressure on themselves than, than anybody else, you know, as far as being successful and and you know winning championships and you know it's a it's a bottom line business and and you've been probably one of the very best at it you know over the last 20 years and there's there's no doubt about that and uh uh coach cook's got a uh, question for you here real quick uh, before we get off here hey coacher um got one for you so that was awesome i appreciate you coming on and, and i was over here taking some notes i'll tell you what uh but you're talking to a head coach who's been a head coach for this will be my third year 
Um, and I have not had that experience of being that assistant for 14 years and, and doing the things that, that you've done that you've talked about today. Uh, what advice would you have uh, for me and my program? Well, I think you got to study. I mean, I, you know, I don't think you can watch enough film. I think guys nowadays, they want to, you know, do the things that uh, everybody else wants to do. I think the spread offense has killed high school football programs, but it's also built other programs. And I think you got to do what your kids can do. Sometimes uh, uh, you trying to do things that your kids can't do is detrimental to you and your career. At the end of the day, you've got to do what it takes for your kids to be successful, and you've got to find things that make uh, your kids have a chance to be successful. If they can't, if you don't have a quarterback who can throw, and you're out there trying to run a, a throwing offense, that's on you. If uh, if you're out there in an offense where you've got athletes and you can't spread the field, and you're trying to run and get three yards in cloud of dust, then that's on you as well. You know, back in the day. Everybody had a sort of their niche on what their kids could do, and they and they did it. And then you you played that system from the seventh through the twelfth grade, and uh, you know there was a lot of great coaches that were able to do that. Now people move, and they move for offenses, they move for defenses, they move for opportunities and scholarships. Scholarships are probably ruining uh, high school football because there's only a small percentage of those guys that even get them, but everybody's chasing them. And I think keeping it real, keeping it real with your community, keeping it real with your kids, keeping it real with your parents, and doing what your kids can do to be successful and give them a chance to uh, learn life skills and learn the things it takes to be uh, successful as a husband, as a, as a father, and as a community member. I think those are the values that probably mean more and important than anything coaching. It's just that you don't get uh, credit for it. But like I said earlier, those kids will – they will die for you if they know you care. They'll also die for you if, you if they know that you've got an opportunity to give them a chance to have success. Study the game. Be real with yourself. Treat your coaches like, they, like they're important and that they have a say and give them input and let those guys coach and give them an opportunity to be successful and grow in the game. And I think that's the, the small three or four uh, secrets I can give any young coach is, is, is treat the game with respect and uh, work at it as hard as you can. And when you leave to go home with your family, then give your family all the time that they need because a lot of times this thing can can eat you up if you allow it to. And, uh, you know, do your job, do it the best you can, and do it every single day. That's awesome. Thanks, Coach. Hey, uh, Buck, we got the mouth here. Brent Bender, uh, he's, he's got a question for you also. Con congratulations to you, Coach James, on, on the new challenge at Conway. I've been a big fan of yours for years, ever, ever since I met you in the uh, Forest City Junior High Library. You remember that day? I do remember that. I do remember that. <laughs> what were you doing in the library, Brent? <laughs> I, I was a media assistant. I got you. I, was, I had the best job in the world. I roamed the halls in my wheelchair delivering tests all day, <laughs> every day. It was great. I knew all the gossip going on in Forest City because the library was right there. But uh, congrats, congratulate! And then I saw you that same year. You took the job at Camden, and I saw you at the state basketball tournament. That's exactly right. I remember you well, Brent. And then I saw you at the Bryant tournament when you had the uh, state tournament there. And do not hold this against me. One of my one of my uh, 
best friends in the world was your college roommate, Sean Rochelle. I'm going to see him today. Well, I will be in section 117 at the at the at the baseball tournament myself. I'll be in my wheelchair, so y'all can look me up. Come by and see me. Yes, sir. Will do. Congratulations. Best of luck to you, Coach. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me on the show. But, hey, Buck, we're really excited about you and going to Conway. We're, uh, we're going to do our, our weekly podcast. We'll have you back on as far as games of the week. Uh, you're going to uh, really excited for you, really excited about our podcast starting off and you being our first to exclusive interview. I think it's going to be a big hit for us, and, and uh, we want to have you on again and uh, really appreciate you coming on. 